1: You're on Cricket. Cricket Core acquired on four lines. Data speed limited to three megabits per second. Cricket may slow data speeds when the network is busy. Additional fees, usage, and restrictions apply. <music>
2: This episode of Don't Blame Me is brought to you by Aptiv. Aptiv produces audio-based workouts created by certified personal trainers available through a mobile app. New members get 50% off an annual membership. Visit Aptiv.com slash blame. That's A-A-P-T-I-V dot com slash
3: blame.
4: Okay everybody, hello. Welcome back to Don't Blame Me. This is my podcast. My name is Megan. It's an advice podcast and guess who we have here, to give you some wonderful advice. It's Jared Sleeper. Hey. That's me. I'm Jared
1: Sleeper. Hello. Hi.
4: Hello, hello, hello. I'm very
1: honored to be here.
4: Oh, my God. I'm so honored for you to be here as I sit here looking very professional in my unicorn Uh you know, it
1: looks t-shirt. good. I wish I, I have... I love airbrushy t-shirts in general. I know.
4: I wore this, and I was like, you know who's not going to judge me, Jared? No, hell no. And guess what you're wearing? <sighs> Normal fucking Just, clothes. A,
1: I, see, I feel bad because I almost wore my airbrush wolf t-shirt. See? Is it from I... uh, Mountain Artwear? It is from... A gas station on yeah, the 5 it's Mountain somewhere.
4: <laughs> this one's from a gas station in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. And it's from Mountain Artware. Big fan. Mountain Artwear, if you're listening, I would really love another package. I'm a huge fan.
1: Wow, that's, that's I worked amazing. this MTV Movie Awards. Yeah.
4: Yeah. That's that, what you do. I feel do. like that's appropriate. It's on brand. It's,
1: it's just like, you know, in the zeitgeist.
4: It's it cool. is. I'm a huge fan. And now it's trendy again. But I started it or we started it.
1: Aesthetic AF.
4: A Aesthetic with two
1: Cs. That's my new thing.
4: Where where S-, S? At the end. Oh okay. Like thick. Oh like, like thick. like I like to have
1: a thick aesthetic.
4: But you have to throw a Q because I don't like thick with a K. I like thick with a Q. Like oh yeah yeah
1: yeah that's good. Yeah. Thick like I Q U E. Yeah
4: with a lot of H's. Yeah. Thick.
1: I definitely don't. I would never do thick with a K ever again. No. I'm thick with two C's these days. Okay. But I'm in. I'm open to changing. Open the to Q's. the Q. Open mm-hmm. to the Q.
4: Q needs more love. Q's not getting a lot of a. Yeah. Not in a lot
1: of words. Q's and A's, what your podcast is about.
4: Oh, questions and answers. Wow, good segue. Yeah, thank you. That was impressive. Yeah, I good about it. Um, yeah, guys. So basically if you've tuning in for the first time, how this podcast works is you guys call the phone number and you leave us voicemails telling us things that are happening in your life. And we give you some advice and try and do our best to help you out of these situations. And if you want to call and leave a voicemail, the phone number is 310-6940-976. Wow. I wrote it. First of all, guys, I just want to say that I wrote it down, but I wrote it down wrong and I corrected myself out loud.
1: That is like that's impressive! Wow, this sounds you know, like
4: I don't have ADHD. that's this
1: I'm curious. I have ADHD. Do you? I just got just I just yeah oh. I just started medication. Oh my
4: god, it is fucking life changing. It's
1: life changing. You're it, gonna feel it, smart and you're gonna it, be no, really
4: pissed that you can't go back to I'm, high school. It's
1: gonna make me emotional right now yeah. to talk about it. Like, um, the first because I put it off for a very long time. Oh hell yeah, seeing a psychiatrist. I saw a ton of therapists. I've done tons of meditation and various physical practices, whatever. My dad I knew had this prescription Mm -hmm. along with uh, bipolar two. I feel comfortable talking about my dad's mental health because he's my dad. Um, And I hated what the drugs in my perception did to him. I think he's way over prescribed and it turned him into a different person. It freaked me out. So I avoided it forever. Mm -hmm. And I realized after going finally Uh, to see a psychiatrist i had a therapist in the past recommend it and i just said no no this is wide this is not hilariously no problem self-medicating with alcohol or (laughs) marijuana that i got prescribed Mm -hmm. in california or whatever no problem but i wasn't about to do that great for other people always like oh yeah yeah totally it's great but not for me and it was life-changing it's fucking life-changing i like felt Smart in a way I hadn't felt since I was a very small child when I felt like I'd have a thought and then I'd do a thing mm-hmm. instead of it feeling like I saw like a Bjork meme the other day with a quote from Bjork was like something like just trying to communicate every day is like trying to fit an ocean through a straw. Yes, and wow, I, <laughs> very I was like, true. <gasps> wow. yeah, and just that feeling that like everything inside your brain is like just can't fit through mm-hmm. this drain. Um, it's like
4: it's. It's like,
1: I'm normal. It's like amazing. Maria Bamford wrote some great Mm -hmm. op-ed about falling in love recently. And she's had very public struggles where she talks about openly her mental health struggles. And in one of these little lines that really blew me away was she said like, she felt like after she got through treatment, she would be lovable again. But um, she wrote lovable and right after lovable in parentheses, she wrote productive. And this like equation with Mm -hmm. like, what do you get done? What do you make? How productive are you? That's your worth, your lovability, that's everything. Mm. I attach these moral values to like my ability to get things done, being able to go like, "No, you, there's some leaky pipes that you've yeah. got in your weird body." Mm-hmm. And you think that they are who you are, but it's just it's just your wiring and some people's wiring works better or faster or cleaner, but has nothing to do with like yourself. Yeah. Anyway, if you have ever been, I think maybe because of the nature of the podcast, if anyone's listening who has thought about but avoided the psychiatry. Mm-hmm. Hey,
4: yeah, give can, it a shot. In conjunction with a great therapist, I think it can be really good. I can't wait to hear you answer these uh, or <laughs> give some advice yeah, to people. sorry. We're okay. No, don't be uh, sorry. You're doing what you're <laughs> supposed to do. This is your job for the next however long. Copy that. Except I'm not me. <laughs> I appreciate that. International callers, if you want to get our advice on your life predicaments, record a voice memo on your phone. You can email it to meganpodcast at gmail.com, and um, we will be able to play that on the air and give you advice. So we can take calls from the U.S. and everywhere else in the world, but I'm not going to name more places because I went to Alternative Learning, and my geography is not... Too solid. Okay, guys, Mel's here. Hey, hello. How you doing? I'm doing great. Enjoying. Very happy to be here with both of you guys. I'm happy too. Should we get into the first call? Let's go for it.
3: Um, my name's. I'm 24 years old. I have a little bit of problem with one of my best friends. So I moved away for about eight months, and then I came back, and I only really had a couple of friends left when I came back, and one of them is. He's my best friend. He recently started dating this guy like three months ago. There's been a lot of problems with their relationship, like just like personal problems for each of them individually. Well, less than a month ago, they got engaged after only dating for a couple of months. And um, when they started dating, he kind of stopped talking to me, like stopped um, being as much of like a friend and was there when I needed him. And I don't want to sound selfish, but like, I he's my only friend that I have. And so now he told me like a week ago, he accidentally got the bomb and told me that they were getting married within the next two months. And first of all, I'm not a huge fan of the boyfriend. And I'm just scared I'm going to completely lose my friend. We work together and we're really close with our boss, so me and her have talked about it and she totally feels the same way, like he's completely changed, he's not who he used to be, and I just don't know what to do. I don't want to lose my best friend, but I'm not supportive of their relationship, yet alone them getting married with only knowing each other for a few short months. I need your help. Thank you
1: Mm self-containment, I think is a common theme with a lot of these calls. When something bothers you so much about somebody else in their life, I think the important thing is to go, you know, look at your life Mm -hmm. and say, (laughs) why? Clarifying the boundaries between where you end and other people begin. And not just, I think we always get that couched as respecting other people's boundaries and saying like, Hey, that's not your life. But also more importantly, more self-care to me, understanding codependency, which I'm not saying this person is codependent at all, but that there are aspects of it that resonate with the codependency I've struggled with in the past, is when you have an intertwining, when this person is somehow imbued, you're imbuing them with power over your own life, your own well-being. This is my only friend. Mm-hmm. If they aren't here, part of my thing, what am I going to do? Yeah. You, you've you already given away a lot of your power and put a lot of pressure on another. You, being that is not okay that's like not deserved or they can't be responsible for so i think the first important thing that is really liberating for one's own self is figuring out why is it so important to me that this other person continues to have this role in my life and especially i think i'm thinking about the age a lot too 24 is a real transition time in everyone's lives Mm -hmm, this is the perfect time to learn this lesson yeah you know um, when you're younger and life is more fragile you know I think sometimes we really do rely more on those close relationships and those kind of feelings of betrayal can be harder and to me a little more reasonable to try to avoid. But this is a really good time to say, okay, what if I'm just alone for a while? Mm -hmm. What would that be like? Uh, I spent a lot of time relatively alone right around that age. I had a a long relationship, a high school sweetheart, 16 to 24. We broke up right around then. It was really hard, yeah. really bad. Didn't end well, um, and I'm not saying I handled it well. I think I went through a really dark <laughs> period of time, but really profound growth and learning about these kind of ideas about like how do I sustain my own psyche, my own well being, mm-hmm. whatever. So I think that is my first feeling. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you want to? Well,
4: wanna... I was. I agree with. I agree with that. I think there's, um, especially when callers saying that. There's the fear of losing her friend, then also not liking this guy, and I wonder how much those mm-hmm. are tied to each other, and um, if if the feelings you have towards this boyfriend of your friend's is be these negative feelings you have is because you're afraid you're going to lose your friend, right. and you can kind of vil. I mean, honestly, I can vilify I fucking can, anybody,
1: absolutely, and
4: especially when it's someone that I feel is. I feel threatened by like I've, I've felt this way about like when my friends make new friends and I can, mm. I can completely, which is a fucked up thing to do, but I can completely make them into these people and find and nitpick these right. things I mm-hmm. fucking hate because yeah. they're taking my friend away from me or anything like that. Well, And
1: also I think that that's hand in hand with her. The thing that they said about, we both agree that they're yeah. this person's not the same person anymore. That person's living their life. You have to mm-hmm. be okay with that. And I would say I've gone through periods of time where I believe I was the I was the friend where I was, you know, engaging, not being myself, quote unquote, mm-hmm. and you know whatever. I had to go through that time
4: to then become yourself to become I also myself,
1: think. which might mean returning to who I was before. But yeah. that's that's you have to be okay with everybody having their individual journey. Mm-hmm. And anytime you feel that kind of fear around what somebody else living their life and doing their thing and making their choices and, and feeling that, that that's affecting you so deeply, I think you really got to take a moment to have some Zen conversations with yourself about your attachments and why, and, and, you know, I always think of it like, uh, I heard this great thing once, uh, in a documentary thing, maybe about like a woman who worked with like troubled youths or something like that. And this, this kid with an aggression problem that they, they said to him, like, he said to the, uh, his counselor, like, sometimes these other people, they just push my buttons. And the counselor stopped the kid and was like, what, they push what? And he goes, my buttons. And they're like, yeah, your buttons. And it's up to you if you like let other people come in and press mm-hmm. your buttons. Like we have that choice to like, they're your buttons. Yeah. So if this person's making, if it's making you feel a bad way that they're gonna go away or just think just when they're living their life and their truth moment to moment, even if you think it's not their truth, Doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You gotta just take that time. It's growing up sucks sometimes. Oh god, yeah. And you you can't really
4: interfere. Um, as you can't really, I think, unless someone's being put in physical danger, you can't really interfere with someone else's journey because if anything, it's just going to fucking backfire on you. And the amount of friends that I've had who haven't liked someone that I've dated those friendships, we went through periods of being like, well, no, I'm going to choose this relationship over this friendship, but that wasn't permanent. Those friendships I have with those people, they were rekindled. So I think my overall advice to you would, I, I think if your friend's happy, I think put that into perspective. And as much as you want, you have this idea of your friend and when they're being the most themselves, especially because you were away for a while and you came back and he had this new relationship, you might not know so much about this relationship or their relationship in general. I know Mm. it took fucking forever for my boyfriend to open up to my friends. And now finally, after a year, they're like, oh, I fully fucking understand why you're together. This completely makes sense. like, Mm. well, yeah, because you're not... You you don't live here and you don't see us on a day-to-day kind of basis. So I think if you can just be happy for him as long as he's happy and not... I mean, and if you... Like, not, not to be, like, the worst-case scenario thing, but, I mean, maybe they won't fucking end up together. Maybe, like, this, there will be some demise, but I think the best thing you can do as a friend is to kind of, as long as he's safe and, like, emotionally and physically, if you can just still be by his side and be able to be that friend he can open up to and be that confidant... If something ends up going south, you can be there to talk it out with him, and he's not going to, like, just bottle all of that up so you don't tell you and I told you, mm-hmm. like, it's not that I told you so kind of thing. You'll be good. Got faith in you. Yeah. Okay, on to the next call.
5: Hi, Megan. I am 20 years old, and I am a sophomore in college, and I'm dealing with the stress of four two, sorry four exams and a final and a a very long paper and I was wondering if you had any ideas on a how to handle stress when in college and b kind of like fitting a workout routine into a crazy schedule because I need to relieve stress and I need a workout plan to relieve stress and that would be great because I'm swimming up to my eyeballs in stress.
4: Did you go to college? Nope. Nope, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you went I, for a little bit. I did. You went for I went a, a little bit. Okay, cool. So we know. both combined might have not a full degree, but enough Definitely units not. that we could have completed <laughs> a good like amount. General education? Maybe something like
1: that? I don't know.
4: You do all stress. I, I think we really just stress. stress. Oh.
1: By being like sort of this weird, whatever this world is, this freelancer, permalancer mm-hmm. gig economy thing, Stresses, is, stress is like breakfast no it's insane and my
4: one of my best friends was just here in town this weekend and she's uh 22 and she's going into I, i'm not gonna name by names because she'll be fucking killing me when i tell when i actually say the story she's going into her final for a general education course with a d minus and she has to maintain Oof. the d minus in order to pass Dang. and it was just crazy to me to see uh just to see her fully within the span of like 30 seconds hysterically break down over This grade and it was her sister and I sitting there with her being like, I fucking wish I could tell you that this kind of stress that you're dealing with is going to leave once you're out of college. But it's not. Well, so what's more important for us, we were saying to her is like, we need to deal with how stressed you are about this. It's not about the fucking test. I
1: think that's so true. It was
4: so much more about the fact yeah. that I'm like, you right now losing your absolute mind and feeling so fucking terrible. Yeah. That's the bigger issue. It's not about whatever grade you get in biology. Right.
1: And I think that's actually a good thing to keep in perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One, finite. Mm-hmm. Like this this time will pass. And in, in retrospect, I don't think any of this is gonna matter. If you get a degree, you got the degree, and I don't know how much that degree it, even matters anymore. Yeah. (laughs) it
0: doesn't it doesn't good to know right
1: yeah so yeah so take it easy on yourself
0: Mm -hmm.
1: we should go into like those stress management tactics that you what do you do
4: i would say i think um this is something that i wish i wish that i learned earlier on i think i learned how to be i learned i think i learned how to be anxious and how to be stressed really really early before i learned that i was being anxious and i was being stressed Mm -hmm. and that those were things i needed those weren't uh, they're totally normal, typical things, but they aren't something that I'm going to grow out of or are going to get better by ignoring uh-huh. them. And I wish... also,
1: I would say, understanding stress and anxiety as a chemical response in your brain. Feelings aren't facts. Yeah. Feelings aren't reality. So, so dealing with understanding that those that oh they're manageable and that you just use some goddamn stratagems yeah. and you can handle it. Yeah. And that like whatever you're going through and you're like oh how am I going to get all this done mm-hmm. is uh that's just a thing that's. Not helped by your brain. i was I was uh, think of my my good bad brain. like mm-hmm. I'm grateful to it for all things, but it definitely fucks me over a yeah. lot of time, too. So lists, I like lists. Yes,
4: I was going to say, so post-it notes are like the greatest thing ever. I think post-it notes, lists for everything. I do lists on my phone, mm-hmm. um, even now, where it's just like a to-do list of everything I need to get accomplished. And then I set alarms on my phone for those things. Yeah. I think time management, yeah. you're also talking to some, two people who have ADHD. Real bad. So
1: they <laughs> so had I, to figure some stuff out though. Yeah, <laughs> but
4: I think time management too, I think is the biggest component of um, what, what would mm-hmm. contribute the most to stress for me is feeling like... I had this world of these things to do and there wasn't enough hours in the day which yeah some fucking days that's true True, but I think if you can write everything down that you need to do and you can prioritize Mm -hmm. it in order of importance and how long it's going to take you and stick to a schedule and then also give yourself breaks
1: enforce the breaks yeah
4: and not beat yourself up for this because no matter how fucking calm cool and collected everybody else might seem they're all losing their shit losing their fucking shit
1: Mm -hmm. Um, lists are great my friend gave me a really fun thing that she does with lists that i started doing if i do lists which is at the end of it you just write um make a list so you can check it off right (laughs) away i do that too you do it's nice right because you feel like you start Mm you're functioning um and then don't feel bad the list is just a tool so if you spiral out of control and list an impossible amount of things don't feel bad if you don't finish them Mm -hmm. all just start over again tomorrow whatever um and the exercise i will say is Really important. Mm-hmm. Your your body. It's just like a dog, man. If a dog, there's not really bad dogs. There's just like um, unexercised dogs. <laughs> um, I do have a tip for tight schedule exercising. Uh, I use it all the time. There's a protocol, an exercise called Tabatas. I stalk um, yours
4: on Instagram when oh, you post them. thank you. It's very on, fast. Man, you're man,
1: you're man. a machine. I try, uh, but like Tabatas are uh, the basic Tabata is four minutes. It's uh, t- it's 8 intervals of 20 seconds of work followed by 10 seconds of rest. In the 20 seconds of work, you can do it one of two ways. You can either try to like hit a certain amount of reps on a movement, like I'm going to do 10 push-ups in every working thing till the end of this, or I think the better way to do it if you have limited amount of time and you're just trying to like get that work out when you don't have time to work out, you go balls to the wall for the 20 seconds as hard as you can pick a movement, pick a full body movement. I would suggest like squats or lunges or um burpees and for those that full eight intervals you do 20 seconds as hard as you can you do burpees and then you rest for 10 seconds and then go as hard as you can for 20 more and then rest for 10 seconds it's really miserable you will be you will not believe how tired your body feels after just working your ass off for 20 and on 10 off for four minutes that's all it takes four minutes um But it totally works, and you can string a bunch of them together if you want, like do one that's push-ups, the next one's sit-ups, the next one's whatever, and those will turn into very challenging workouts. But that is my go-to, I have no time, Mm -hmm. I have literally 10 minutes, i got to get in the shower, I'll do two Tabatas back-to-back of squats and push-ups or burpees or something like that. I highly recommend T-A-B-A-T-A. Just use the timer on your phone or you can download Tabata timers or you can go on YouTube and look up Tabata timers. There's so many ton.
4: If you look on Pinterest, there's a ton of like, they'll give you different ideas for those kinds of workouts. But I would also say... I think um, a huge theme, I only really started, I always was like a physical person. Like I grew up dancing, I grew up doing all that stuff, but it was only in the last like almost year-ish, probably like eight, nine months that I've gotten very into exercise. And it's the most that I've been in control of my anxiety and stress. And I think what I would also say is people can get really stressed about working out because they need to work out because Mm -hmm. it'll make them feel less stressed. And I think you need to be easy on yourself. And also there's these, mm-hmm. ugh, it's this this system that we have when it comes to exercise. And I don't know if it's just in LA, but it's like, oh, I'm going to go take a Pilates class. And I'm, this is, again, this is very me. Or I'm going to go take Soul Cycle. But if I don't have that, all of that's going to take so much time. So then I can't right. do that. Nah. So I think if you can look at it um, as a day-to-day kind of beast of maybe you have 10 minutes here. You can do a 10 minute workout here. You have another 20 minutes here. You can do 20 minutes there. And by the time you finished your day, you've added up to have gotten enough physical yeah. movements and exercise and there might be other days where you have an hour to go do something but if you're open to kind of the ebb and flow of making sure that the workout works with your life mm-hmm. but it's not this one strict thing and if you can't fit that in then it doesn't yeah. matter and it's not worth doing it at all
1: you know like take the mystery out of yeah it. It just does, move yeah just it's move. not as just complicated as, yeah.
4: as everyone else makes it out to be and you can pick up heavy things
1: small. you can yeah start small mm-hmm. whatever get a jump rope don't even get a jump rope just jump around who cares yeah it's easy
4: Turn on some music, jump around.
1: And keep in mind, stress and anxiety, those chemicals are your brain's best efforts at helping you. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't mean they're right. They're just chemicals (laughs) in your brain that are trying to help you. So be like, thank you, body. Thank you for the anxiety and stress. I know I got things to get done. And I'm going to take a couple of steps, lists, timers. That's it. It's easy.
4: Yeah, you'll get this. Breathe. You'll graduate. Mm -hmm. You mean, you've made it farther than both of
0: us. So you're doing good.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: On to the next one.
0: Hi, Megan. I'm 23 years old, and I've been in a relationship for two and a half years with a female. This is both of our first same-sex relationship and both of our first long-term relationship. We used to have sex pretty often, um, enough that I wasn't thinking about the frequency. But for a year now, the amount of sex has certainly decreased first to a few times a month, then to about once a month. And now sometimes we even go more than a month without sex. I've been open about speaking about the situation with my partner as I would like to be having sex more often. Um, And we're both very affectionate with each other. We're vocal about how much we love each other and having found the one in each other. Um, And she says she isn't sure why sex now makes her nervous. And she feels almost like she's doing something she's not supposed to. Um, She enjoys finishing And doesn't want to feel this way, but we tend to just mutually masturbate when we are having sex, and oral pleasure is far and few between. I would like us to get back to the place that we had been in once, where we were experimenting, having fun, having sex often. Um, I miss the connection, and I would really appreciate any advice you can give. Thank you.
1: So it's not easy.
0: No. Uh,
4: Shit.
1: Yeah, it's not easy. Uh, Okay, I would say one, the first thing I want to say because of things said near the end of the call, I know that it. it, I think the core concept here is about shame, right? Is like shame around because even approaching your partner about this, like there's all this inherent, there's this cultural shame about being like like you're you're something's wrong with you for being too horny or something like that No, yeah it's like this like this
4: female thing of being like i shouldn't want this as much
1: like Ah. you said at the end that 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 feeling that you want that feeling of connection to your partner and that can be very difficult if you feel like you want more physical connection that is about so much it's just about more than nothing you know what i mean it's more than like i just got to get off that's very challenging so i think first of all like let it be okay that this is not easy.
4: No, yeah, and you know this is, that
1: this is a legit thing to talk about. Yeah,
4: and I think my, I don't know, I I guess my first question would be because I mean, she's saying that she's her partner's saying she's not sure why she's feeling like this, right. and she's, but the nervous and feeling like this, she's not supposed to be doing something like that after you guys have been together for two years. I right. guess one of my questions would be, uh, trying to figure out what what's shifted and like if there's been a kind of change. I mean, my first thing yeah. is just because she's saying that she's nervous and it's something not supposed to, it kind of eliminates what my original question was going to be: is if she had recently gone on any different medication, or if she had gone on antidepressants, mm-hmm. which can like totally ruin your life sex changes, drive. Yeah, and so that's kind of what I was going to say. But if it comes from, but
1: like life changes too, like yeah. um, you know, family stuff, work stuff, like things no, yeah. can happen. Things that, that aren't can,
4: necessarily medically induced.
1: To be honest, like. The political climate? Dude, that's real. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. Mean, I, I, uh, uh, I think I'm grateful... I think after 30, since like 31 or something like that, I'm like, I can't even tell you how delighted I am that like my horniness has just decreased. <laughs> I like, I, I think, I picture it in my head, horny, H-O-R-N-Y-E-S-S-E, horniness. Horniness. <laughs> like the, the horniness. I, <laughs> because it is very challenging when the chemicals are just like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm 22. Um, and that's mixed in with your emotions and your connections. I mean, communication, patience are like gonna be the biggest important things. You gotta just keep talking to your partner and do it in a way that's like no pressure about mm-hmm. like to try to understand those feelings. A relationship is much more than your sexual connection, mm-hmm. like
4: mm-hmm.
1: a million times right. more.
4: And my question is they're still physical with each other in like a. a affectionate yeah, way. Yeah, affectionate. Like a casual. So, so I'm also curious what, um, at what point does. Where where does she feel nervous after what level of like physical? I don't know, like any of that affection. Like what? What she said this was
1: the only same sex relationship that they both had that they both been in. But they've been starting to feel two years, and
4: then starting to feel so. And they're still
0: mutually masturbating. Yeah, like around each other. Mm -hmm. I wonder
1: which means just themselves. Yeah, yeah, in the same room or near each mm -hmm. other.
4: Yeah, which I mean, I wonder. I mean, there's also I the. I wonder how if you guys can have a conversation um with her and if she's open to um I think there just needs to be which I mean women are great at this in kind of uh breaking down each other's walls and that kind of shame because I think you probably both feel this mm-hmm. you feel like you're like am I asking for too much am I being there, too yeah. se- am I uh, am I expecting too much out of this? And am I uh, objectifying this person that I love because I really, I really need this physical connection, which by the way, you're not. And then your partner, she might be like, am I disappointing you? Am I no longer all of this? And am I no longer living up to the person that I had been before? And I think both of you just need to be super fucking honest Mm -hmm. and admit the awkwardness and the shame that you both might feel with this and figure out what it derives from, because I think they're, there needs to be an open line of communication because I don't know if she's open to figuring out why she's feeling like this. Maybe she knows why she's feeling this and feels awkward, embarrassed, doesn't want to tell Mm -hmm. you. I think.
1: Yeah. I mean, bodies too are like a very mysterious blend of like psyche and chemicals and whatever and pressure. Nothing destroys libido more than pressure. mm -hmm. And I'm saying this as a man, Mm -hmm. I'm saying this recognizing it in female partners Mm -hmm. and friends like, If you feel like you've got to be something for someone else, oh boy, nothing's happening. I mean, she said this one line in in the phone call where she said, um, I mean, we know that we're each other's one. Yeah. And just kind of threw that away. Um, There's a lot loaded in that statement. As a 22-year-old saying like, I mean, we know we're each other's one. Mm -hmm. And for some reason that keeps popping back in my mind as something to maybe think about and say like, if you're two years in, It's the first same-sex relationship you Mm -hmm. ever had and you know that you're each other's one. I remember being in this relationship when I was 22, right? And I was six years in with this, uh, right? Something like that with my, my one. And I remember the first time noticing another woman. I thought because my ideas about monogamy and true love and these things, when I was like 16, Romeo and Juliet, which mm. is the fucking stupidest shit ever, <laughs> right? Like something that ends in like a mutual suicide pact after three days Right. This is not a good example for real love. Mm-mm. Um, I remember being like, oh, this is... If I even was attracted to somebody else, clearly I'm a fraud. Clearly my love is fake. I, I, I just drew these weird pressures in my head. And I remember being like the first time I noticed a woman even on the street another that I was attracted to and double taking with myself and going, what just happened? And having this like crisis of like, who Mm -hmm. am I? So if you're 22 and you're having weird things, like I don't feel as aroused or as attracted. I I feel weird feelings of shame. Like maybe I'm not supposed to do this now. Like you can vortex yourself into like really a lot of guilt and like self-destructive behavior that only make it worse it needs to be okay that whatever's going on is going on and there's the there's that's so much pressure to be 22 and be someone's only other significant other and know that they love you and know that you love them i still like to hug them and kiss them and be affectionate i love this person but maybe that person's thinking not saying that's what's happening here but it's possible this other person could be like i don't know if i want to be with this only one person Mm -hmm. the only woman Mm -hmm. who i've ever with. But I don't want to hurt their feelings. And I do love them. Like maybe there's deeper conversations to be had.
4: Yeah. That, I think you know that it needs, there's no, I think it's highly unlikely that this boils down to just sex and that. It's
1: impossible. Yeah. I'm going to say right now so that I think it's impossible. So that's what I think. Uh,
4: if, if you guys are regarding it as such, I think you're not going to figure out what is causing this. Um, and I think whether... Yeah, I just think it needs to be a kind of, uh, I don't don't know, like say being able to be open and honest and be okay with you might hurt each other's feelings, but if you don't really say how you're feeling and what you want, you're never going to fucking get it. Yeah,
1: and it has to be okay whatever that person says, what they're feeling, what they want is okay. Yeah. So if you really love that person, like whatever their answer is to what they're going through has to be okay. Yeah.
4: Um, I I think it could be, it could literally be a multitude of things, but if you always continue to try and get back to where you used to be a year ago, it's not what you need to fucking do. You need to go ahead. Like this is a part of your journey in your relationship. It might be a part that you totally get through, but there's you can't try and get back to where you were before. You can only go from where you are now. And I think if both of you are trying to get back somewhere else it's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Maybe it could be. I'm not saying we're not saying that she maybe it's not um, a lack of love there anymore. But maybe she's no. maybe she's aroused by different things now. Maybe well, the things that, that you me- were turned on before. She's not anymore and doesn't know how to say that because we're trying to get back to the sex that you had last year when she was an into those other things. But I think everything's going to everything's going to turn out. I think it's gonna turn out fine.
1: Cool. Hell yeah.
4: Hell yeah. <laughs> Great, guys. So we're going to take a pee break so everyone can go pee Um, and we will be right back. You can go pee too if you want to.
2: This episode of Don't Blame Me is brought to you by Aptive. Aptive produces audio-based workouts created by certified personal trainers available through a mobile app. Active makes the highest quality training available to everyone with a carefully selected group of certified personal trainers that guide you through every workout. The trainers have a wide array of personalities so you can even find the personal training style that motivates you the best. Plus, Aptiv's in-house music production team partners with every trainer to create music playlists that are perfectly timed to the intensity and pace of your workout. When you need that extra boost, the music keeps you going and motivated. When you're ready to slow things down, the intensity of the music dials down with you. You're able to search by difficulty, music genre, and duration so you can find a workout you love every time. I personally really like Aptiv. Um, If you stalk me on Instagram, you might have seen that I have just recently joined a gym. And boy, oh boy, are gyms scary if you have no idea what to do. And this makes me feel like I have a personal trainer inside of my ears. Cause I'm playing it with my headphones. Get what I mean? Where I just stick it in my and I'm like, oh wow, cool. I have a trainer in my ear telling me what to do. I don't it doesn't feel clunky. I'm not scrolling through, looking through different things, trying to look at screenshotted pictures that I found in other places. So it's really handy, it's really nice, it's wonderfully motivating. And subscriptions start at $9.99 build monthly. Or 99.99 for an annual membership, but for a limited time, new members get 50% off an annual membership, which is just 49.99 for the whole year of unlimited workouts. Visit slash blame That's a a p t i v dot com
4: slash blame. Okay, guys, we are back from our break. We've been chatting. We've been snacking on avocados. We can't stop chatting. We can't stop chatting. It's pretty good. It's it great. It is. Good thing it's a podcast.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, hold on. Let me, Get let me adjust a Get little closer. bit. ASMR.
4: Oh, it. ASMR. ASMR.
1: Um, ASMR. The second half of this podcast this is going to be about um, having <laughs> <laughs> just great chatty conversation. Okay, we don't have have to do that. (laughs) I kind of want to, but we won't.
4: No, we can go on to the next call. Okay,
5: Megan. So I just got home from probably the craziest shit that has ever happened to me. Um, So I just got home from hooking up with this guy. And please try your best, like, not to start laughing. Um, But basically, I was giving him a (sighs) blowjob. And I know spitters are quitters, but like I was not in the mood to swallow. Okay. Like I I just like I can, but like I just I just wasn't down, you know. So I decided to finish him off with my hand and I didn't realize that I was pointing his dick directly to his face. And so he ended up coming all over his face and shot straight into his mouth. So that's just a quick backstory of What just went down? But I just came home and found out that he has a girlfriend, and his girlfriend is my ex best friend who slept with my boyfriend at the time. So, should I tell her that I made her boyfriend swallow his own cum, or do I swallow my pride and be the bigger person? Because every ounce of my body wants to expose him and just ruined their relationship like she did to mine but I know that it's not the right thing to do so I just want a little input on the situation maybe it'll help somebody else with um I don't know how similar my problem can be to somebody else but I'm sure there's someone out there that has something similar going on but
4: yeah anything helps
0: wow i also
4: just really like the like in my head just just based on how she said this which like i literally have to tell you what just happened i just in my head have this idea that she's still sitting in her car outside of his house (laughs) and just this was the first call that she made was to the podcast um
1: there's layers on that there's layers on layers in that story oh it
4: is it's dramatic um first of all i would just like to say i'm not again would never name names but one of my guy friends uh uh Was masturbating and um shot come on his face, and it was the greatest funny. Have I shown you? This? you <laughs> <me> the, <laughs> it was your screensaver yeah, on
0: your, yeah, pic- yeah, on yeah. your
4: phone yeah. for a
6: while. You a a a know picture? It There's Yeah, a picture. No, so of it. he
4: automatically, as soon as it happened, he's like, my first thought was like, I can't believe this happened, and he was my second thought was, I have to show this to Megan. This is so funny. Wow. Sends me the picture, and then he's like, it took thirty seconds after I said to go. What? What should I have warned? But should I not have sent this tour? And it was the funniest, funniest thing in the entire world. It That's was good, Just friend. come on his oh, face. I yeah, mean, that just is come on his face. My best friend. Yeah,
1: no, but still, that instinct to like, I must take a photograph. Well, it's this. like when something terribly Surreal.
4: embarrassing happens to you and you're like, but I have to show somebody otherwise it was for nothing and I'm just sitting in this embarrassing thing.
1: Yeah, I guess you just hope that that friend doesn't make it the save screen on their phone. Oh, I told him I was doing no, it. He's no, like, no, it's, it's very okay. Funny.
4: But I would also say in uh, relation to that, maybe, hopefully um, you being able to tell this hilarious story on a podcast will mm. get it
1: out of your system. So good. It's so good. <laughs> Aren't we, humans are the weirdest, like we are the <laughs> stupidest creatures. Like, the I think about this all the time that like it's so funny that like we walk around and wear clothes and mm-hmm, like say mm-hmm. hello to each other and on pay fake idea coins for coffee and uh, and then we go home and like slop into each other <laughs> and we're just these tubes of like stuff yeah. and like and like Hot. how insane <laughs> is it to get a feeling in your brain that is warm and good and like oh that's so good you have to like mm-hmm. smatter. <laughs> goosh
4: <laughs> matter goosh
1: like around
4: uh, erupt or in your oh, own gosh. mouth That's wild so funny wild
1: so funny um yeah I don't know I mean I think if you're a guy it's important to try it just to taste I think it I was gonna say I think I kind life. of love
4: the idea the fact that um he definitely has now tasted got a what, taste of his own medicine his own medicine. Um, I would also say, yeah, no. Um, to your to the, quite the part where you act, we're gonna stop talking about how funny this is. I mean, probably never, but at least for now.
1: I think she knows. She
4: knows how funny it is. It's is
1: funny. It's great. It's juicy.
4: But it boils, <laughs> but it boils down to the advice portion. Um, I would say, yeah, you're kind. I think you're on the on wait, the wait, wait. right field. Of, I, I mean, I'm gonna say point blank. Don't tell your. Don't tell this girl. You think don't tell. I mean, I think don't tell because I think. Um, Girl, I love you. You're great. You're wonderful. But purely based on how you've phrased this, um, I would love if you could listen to the episode we have with Mitchell um, that's coming out after this. Uh, We talk about um, the uh, female on female kind of competition when it relates Mm. to men in that situation. And a lot of times us as women, if we're fighting over a guy 99% of the time, it's much more about our hatred of the girl in the situation and the guy's just a pawn. Mm. So I don't necessarily think, again, I love you, you're great. I don't necessarily know, based on how you phrase this, if the reason why you want to tell this girl is to do her a solid or to get her back yeah. for having done this I to I mean, you.
1: I am dubious that she didn't know that they're dating before doing this.
4: Um, I wonder. I, yeah. Well, I guess young enough you know to I have mean? been to school. Yeah. I mean, I will say I also definitely I've definitely like hooked up with people who I didn't know were in relationships and I should have known. So I think if you went into this with mm-hmm. was there an inclining? Was this kind of a revenge with this girl?
1: <sighs> if um, it wasn't a revenge thing, if you truly didn't know, yeah. I actually think maybe there's an opportunity to like mend these fences and be, I mean, you like the same people. Gonna,
6: <laughs> you have that in you common. Know,
1: you just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. When that happens, you got more in common than you don't. Yeah. And there's like. But do
4: you think she should tell this girl that like. Tell
1: her? Uh, by the way. I just think she should reflect, like you said, about yeah. what her actual true motives mm-hmm. are. Yeah. If you're just doing because you know you want to like mess something up, you know, then don't.
0: That is, because she said, I want to tell her that I made her boyfriend her small, swallow his, his own cum. cum. Which so, is
1: pretty funny. Yeah, it is. Yeah.
0: But
4: she's doing that's it for vindictive. Yeah, yeah Which, that's
1: vindictive. I yeah. don't think that's nice.
4: Yeah, and I also don't blame you, though. Like... Don't blame me. I don't blame you. But I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% have definitely been guilty of being a kind of person where it's a, uh,
1: honesty without compassion is aggression. Mm. And I love that. That's very I think of that a lot. Like
4: wow. that
1: sometimes, sometimes it's not honesty. There's no reason you need to go out of your way yeah. to say something to somebody and you know, it's just going to hurt them. Exactly.
4: Right. If it, does, it doesn't serve necessarily a purpose. I right. think if you girl, if you guys were friends And this was something I don't think you would have gotten yourself into the situation. Um, But I also think when it comes to other people's relationships, we've said this before in like cheating aspects. You uh, I mean, you are young enough that I chances are that you they're in an open relationship is probably unlikely. But you don't always necessarily know the inner workings of everybody else's relationship and then trying to meddle by doing like the good thing. I think hopefully you got the laughs out and you got the fun reaction on the podcast. Now, everyone can listen and hear how hilarious this was. And um, I think eventually she'll be able to figure it out on her own time. And it's also, I mean, as a girl, if I was, if I was his girlfriend, that'd be the most fucking mortifying thing ever. On to the next one.
6: I'm a 24 year old, um, recent college grad. And I just would like some advice on my relationship. Um, I've been with my boyfriend for almost two years now. In a couple months, we well, I've been together for two years. And basically my problem is, throughout the entire time that we've been dating, um, he has never told me that he's loved me. Um, when we were together for almost a year, um, it was his birthday and I took a gamble and I wrote him a card and in the card, I told him that I loved him and he read the card and just didn't really say anything. He said, thank you, gave me a hug and kiss. And that was about it. I didn't say anything. So I didn't feel like that was the time to bring it up, but a couple of months later, the subject kind of came up and I told him that I found the situation a little bit hurtful. Um, And I was kind of upset about it. And basically what he told me was that he really cares about me and he's just not there yet. And he eventually will get there, but it's just not at this moment. So I let it go and I thought that was fine. Um, But, I mean, it's been almost a year since that's happened and I've still gotten nothing from him. And I just don't really know what to think about the situation because on one hand, I don't want somebody to say that to me if they don't mean it. And I don't want, uh, I can't really argue somebody's feelings. if he doesn't feel like he doesn't, I can't fight him on that. But in that same breath, if you've been with somebody for almost two years and you still don't love them, why are you still with them? So it's just a really, I don't know, hard situation. I just don't really know how to handle it or what to do about it because as more time goes on, the more upsetting this gets. That's basically it. So if you could give me any kind of advice on this, I would really appreciate it. This is funny because I'm twenty four. She's twenty
4: four.
1: She's twenty four. She's twenty four. She's been with her boyfriend
4: for two years, and I'm twenty four, and I've been with my boyfriend for two years. Oh
1: yeah, Um, I think about this a lot. I think about love a lot. The mm -hmm. word "I love." I I I, um I write poems sometimes. I wrote a poem called 30 Words for Love," which is like an eleven minute long poem, which Mm. like nobody ever asked for. But um, (laughs) it's in it was in a book of you know love poems that that was was somebody published and asked to be part of it. And I made a video of it, and I've it's always moved me that people respond to it because eleven minute poem no one cares about. But the whole premise is that this phrase, this word "I love you." Is the only one that we've got. Yeah. And it's supposed to mean so many different things, mm-hmm. how much you, more useful it be if we had at least 30. I, I mean, the idea started at 17 and then I just got to 30, I decided to stop at 30. Mm-hmm. But that, you know, this is a tough, this thing means so much. Like we said earlier, love isn't something that can be given or taken. It's there or it's not. Yeah. And it tends to be there. And mm-hmm. once it's there, I think it doesn't really go away, yeah. which leads back to that uh, one of our first calls about um, this difficulty with the two year relationship and the intimacy thing. Mm-hmm. Like the, once love is there, it doesn't really go. Yeah. And my my experience you love somebody it's there forever and that can create a lot of difficulties later when you're trying to figure out what do mm-hmm. we do with this thing Uh, this gets into me uh, into like the ideas of love languages mm-hmm. which are very mm-hmm. important so so my, my blunt answer of probably this isn't the thing move on be okay with it she sounds like she's got a great like emotional place she's coming yeah. from she doesn't impose on him she goes like if somebody won't say it or doesn't feel it you can't make them feel that way that shows a lot of maturity to me um but uh there is the possibility like i don't know anything about this guy or yeah. where he's from or what he's like or his family was like um i have uh loved ones in my family um who never say i love you they have i've maybe heard them say it once ever my whole life
4: to their significant other
1: well not, well to i'm just gonna apply it to me it's yeah. like a net relationship um and i think to a significant other too yeah. it's my grandfather's i'm thinking of um but he shows up every goddamn day. He worked until they made him stop working and he mm-hmm. would provide for everybody. And And I know because of his childhood where he was like basically an orphan and he had a, he was in, in and out of orphanages with his own mother taking him in and out because she couldn't afford mm-hmm. the kids until she could and she'd get them out again, that he didn't put a lot of stock in the words, I love you, or maybe that didn't feel safe for him, yeah. but he showed up in other ways and showed his love through his actions and his presence. But That was a hard thing for me to learn that I love you wasn't just words that like people can say I love you all goddamn day till they're blue in the Mm -hmm. face and they don't behave that way. Yeah. So I think this magical phrase, it is poetry. Poetry is my favorite thing because I think it's truly magical. You can look at a piece of paper and see some etchings and it makes you feel these things. Mm -hmm. That phrase is obviously important to you and figuring out that means maybe talking to him about that would be useful. After two years... If I don't know what like what did he look like? What did his what did his touch feel like in his tone after he read the card where you said I love you? Yeah and he said thank you. I'm just not there yet. That might be real for him. That might be a real thing. That mm-hmm. person comes from their family. People go through tough stuff that, like saying something like I love you can be a very frightening, it can almost make you mad to hear it, you know, because mm-hmm. you've been betrayed yeah. by people who have said that to you or or not said it to you.
4: Well, cause that's, I, I think exactly what you're saying with the the difference of saying it and then acting it out. I do wonder because I mean, right. I know if, again, I'm a totally different person than either of you, but if I was in a relationship with somebody and like you said, you said in the call, I don't know why you'd be with somebody if you didn't like with for two years, if you didn't love them,
1: mm-hmm.
4: I, I guess. Well, I, that's what I'm saying is I, the, I think there
1: are a million reasons there, you would be with exactly. somebody. <laughs> and
4: I think that there can be all of these other things. But I think when you said, which. When you said, uh oh, you can't argue with someone's feelings in regards to him, I also think you need to apply that to you. Mm-hmm. You love him. And if he can't love you in the way that you need to be loved, right. then you can't argue with your feelings and this needs to be it. It's not so much about him not loving you back. It's about him not being able to love you in the way that you need to be loved. Right. And the love language thing, we, I think, fully applies yes. to it. Do you
1: have you talked about that yeah. in the podcast? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well,
4: actually, have we talked no, about No, we haven't no. talked about the Oh,
1: love my language. God. Just as a brief primer and Ugh. Google, this will set you free. It will make amazing. every relationship better. You'll understand so much more. We tend to love people the way we want to be loved. Mm-hmm. And the key to making mm-hmm. somebody feel loved, both for yourself and other people, is understanding how they understand love. Mm-hmm. So the five are like: there's verbal, there's acts of service, there's gifts, um, gifts there's touch. Mm. Uh, um, I'm they're forgetting one. I'll look it up. Yeah, but you. But um, basically, you can kind of figure out how do you feel loved. I know for me, touch is a big one. Mm-hmm. Like just somebody putting their hand on my back, or or something like that, or hugging and kissing and physical touch is a big one. And words mean a lot to me too. Um, and I barely even feel a gift or uh, uh, an act, somebody yeah. cleaning up for me or something like that. Here's the Ooh, love yes.
0: languages. Um, words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. Mm. Oh, okay.
1: the that four or five? five. five, yeah. five. Mm-hmm. We forgot quality time. Quality yeah. time. I think that's it.
0: I would say what is what is
4: your attachments to the words, I love you, and is his lack of saying it, does that then mean in your head that he's not serious about you? Um, and that because those words haven't been said from him, does that then mean that he doesn't want a family with you? He doesn't want to settle down with you and all that stuff. I would open that convert I mean, I don't I think, know.
1: I think if he's saying, I don't feel that way and I'll get there. If he means that way, if he means the phrase saying I love you and that's all he means, I can see a version of that. If he means, I don't know if I love you and I'll get there yeah, after two years. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Eh, then, then, sorry. And yeah. I, w- have you he said it
4: to someone else before? Yeah. And I you think know? you gotta be selfish at a certain point. It's been, it's been, I mean, you told him you loved him a year ago. And, um, I think you, you've given him a year to feel it or not feel it, but at a certain point. If a year? Yeah. She said it a I'm year ago. I sense
1: of the. Yeah. She's, timeline she this. said yeah. it a year ago
4: they've been together two years she yeah. said it a, year, a ago. year ago a year ago and he and, hasn't been has. there yet you, okay. you waited long enough that i think if it's still if it's weighing on you this much and you called into a podcast you're still feeling pretty affected by it which i think is totally normal
1: mm-hmm. i think
4: that you got to give yourself a time you don't need he doesn't need a timeline to say i love you you need to give yourself a timeline in which you're going to be okay with him not saying it and then if when he doesn't say it it does not make you a bad person for walking away from a relationship if that's what you need. Okay, guys, we're going on to producer's corner. And um, for anyone who might not know, producer's corner is where producer director Jack Ferry picks his favorite call. Or sometimes we have a uh, caller who calls Ooh. back in, who can give an update on their life or anybody who might have some words of wisdom regarding a different
0: call. So this isn't a callback. This is a this is, call. This is a picked call. Yeah. Great. A Personally picked call.
5: Hi, Megan. Um, I am super stressed out about the holidays, buying presents, traveling, going to holiday parties, seeing an extended family that I don't give a fuck about. Uh, How do I keep my sanity
4: during this time? Thank you. Do you keep your sanity?
1: No, I go mental, but um, (laughs) in a different way. Like, I just love the holidays. (laughs) I mean,
4: if you could look around, guys, I fucking love the holidays as well. But I also, I, I, I honestly, this is actually a fun question. Um, this is of
1: course a fun, I mean, man,
4: I was gonna, I was gonna say though, the thing about the holidays I find is now that I've, I've gotten older and I've become an adult, I now understand, um, how different holidays are for not only every family, but every person and what things people love about the holidays and you, you watch Christmas movies and you watch anything like that, whether any sort of thing you're celebrating, Um, I think when you grow up with something so young as a kid, it's just this excitement that you have that doesn't really like format into one specific thing. I mean, I personally am not a Christmas Day presents kind of person. I feel very uncomfortable with gifts. I love giving. Really? Giving them that you like? I love giving. of course. Mm -hmm. You get to do that on the
1: day too, though, you know?
4: I like giving, but I also feel very uncomfortable watching people open the gifts that I give them.
1: (gasps) Weird. I feel
4: super uncomfortable, but I love buying things for people and I love thinking about Um. what I'm going to get people, but I feel really, really, really uncomfortable watching people because I'm also afraid of. They don't like what I got Mm. them because I know that I put a lot of like time, energy and thought into things. Um, and then I also get terribly uncomfortable opening presents in front of other people.
1: Oh, because you, they, do you feel like that they expect some performance yeah. from you? Yeah. And then Ooh. I, and yeah. then I'm,
4: I'm, I'm now not in the moment or even appreciating the gift. I'm focusing on how my reaction can convey how I actually feel and how I yeah. translate that f- real feeling to a false reaction to make it match. So then everybody else can see how oh I'm my feeling. God. Right. So I go, I spiral into like a fucking terrible, yes. hating that. So I, and I also, also, um, I, I spend Christmas with my boyfriend's family oh. and all of them. And so for me, that is like it's meeting all these people and being on all the time. So I would say, Oof, yeah, there is no shame in um feeling insane. And what I have done in the, this year, which I'm very proud of myself, is I'm essentially giving myself which maybe this calls a little late for that, but I'm giving myself an extended holiday season. Mm. I'm giving myself the carefree fucking fantastically festive fun Los Angeles. My friends and I are here. We're watching Christmas movies. It's amazing. And then I'm going to go and experience any, and it's not knocking any, any person or people like I, like I love my boyfriend's family. I think they're amazing. I just, I'm terribly anxious around just humans in general. Um, and we got to
1: feel on. Is like well, yeah. Tough.
4: And I think that that's, no matter what, I I I think any, right. everyone feels that. So then I'm letting that feeling and those that holiday also be another holiday that happens, and it doesn't ruin the feeling of Christmas. So I extend the feeling, so it's not just there's not so much writing on the week of Christmas, and I'm saying Christmas, but it's any any holiday like that in general that has. Massive, like m- multiple day festivities. Well, there's
1: a reason that it happens. All of those same holidays happen at the same time. Yeah, it's the uh, what is it? The oh my god, not the solstice, the equinox. I don't oh, know. You know what I mean? The solstice. darkest day of the year. Yeah, oh, winter solstice. Yeah, yes, yes, winter solstice. solstice. It's harvest. It's winter, mm-hmm, so we're all celebrating at mm-hmm. the same time. It's the darkest time of the mm-hmm. year, and it's we're all just the trying to make time <laughs> of the yeah, year. yeah. Which is why I think we try to fill it with warmth and light yeah. and something mm-hmm. and start the new. Um, self care. Mm -hmm. Self-care, what a radical concept self-care is. Self-care has become funny phrase that like is thrown around, I think by millennials and stuff like that, but truly truly if i mean i feel very blessed that i get very excited to see my family hang out with them and stuff like that and i figured out a long time ago that certain family members are going to be certain family members <laughs> and that's just how it is mm-hmm. and again back to this idea of attachment letting go of the things that i can't control and also recognizing when people try to control me that like oh they can't because <laughs> that's not you know i'm not theirs to if they feel a certain way because of how i am oh sorry because yeah. They've got to figure that out. Sometimes parents gotta figure that out. Mm-hmm. But um I love the holidays so much. So I feel a little sad about like all oh, family don't give a fuck about it, and I don't I don't want to stress anybody <laughs> out. In that time though, right? Yeah. Self-care, just keep like take time to yourself go away from your family, go for a walk, go see friends. Like if you're going back home, like find friends that you actually like. Sometimes that's like stressful too. Mm -hmm. I think the opposite is also true. If you do travel back home from somewhere else, I used to pack my schedule to see every fucking person. What an idiot I was. Mm -hmm. And the first year I'm like, the first year, my sister lives in Brooklyn and uh, I have some friends in New York. Um, but not a ton but I remember going home for the holidays one time and I was like, we we're gonna go out to Brooklyn to visit her my nephew, she had a baby a couple of years ago four or five years ago. and um, it was the first time that I was like, I'm not seeing anybody. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting on this couch with my nephew and uh, some pizza every day and it was like the greatest.
4: Yeah. Just kind of
1: let that go.
4: I think I think exactly what you're saying is the I think weaving in uh, forced self-care time and not just yeah. when you need it. I think uh, totally. being proactive about it and then being like, well, because I'm someone who t- suffers from terrible anxiety and there can be the biggest thing that I've learned is I, I'm very much on the whole like, oh, if I'm feeling great, I'm going to coast on feeling great and I'm not going to worry that I'm not going to feel great. But I'm also not going to be like, oh, it's like, a, OK, it's like a kid with a nap time. If a kid doesn't right. seem like they need a nap because they don't seem tired, mm-hmm. you don't fucking know until that kid's throwing a temper tantrum. <sighs> totally. It's the same thing if you're hungry. It's like, oh, I'm not hungry. I haven't, or I'm not thirsty. I'm just going to wait until I'm fucking parched and I feel like I'm dying. Right. So I think if you can schedule into your day, mm-hmm a walk or anything like you're saying, like some some sort of thing that you know that you can take some time away That's gonna fe- you're going to feel great with. And also if you can schedule it in, because again, it's this, this sense of obligation that we feel to people when we're like, oh, we're only here for a set period of time and there's all these things that have to get done. If you have this time that you've set aside that you're going to do this, you can fucking let the people in your life know like, hey, yeah, from four to five, I'm busy, I'm doing this thing. So it's not like you're suddenly right. walking out and disappointing and surprising everybody. If you can work it into your schedule and everybody else, Knows like you don't have to be like hi um I'm scheduled from um, three to four. There's um, some self care time for me, and yep. I'm gonna go take a long shower and uh, cry about how everyone's being mean mm-hmm. to me or whatever.
1: And I acknowledge too that might not be enough. Some families, no, some com- people will still guilt you and still mm-hmm. fuck with you. Yeah. But like, sorry, family. It's far worse <laughs> to not up. do it. I yes, would say like, worse. it's far.
4: You're you think you're going to disappoint somebody and you might disappoint them when someone might get mad. But you know, it's fucking far worse than you having a full blown breakdown. I mean, I, I will fully admit that last year, last Christmas, I was trying. It was the first year I was with my boyfriend's family and just like with him for Christmas in general. And it was. I was trying so fucking hard to be cool girl and to just be uh-huh. chill with everything and fine with everything. And I don't drink and I like, there's only so much you can handle with got like high school boys getting together and getting drunk or meeting all these people who you don't know who have all these connections. And uh. I'm the only outsider and everyone's so fucking fantastic and sweet and nice and friendly. And it made me feel like this raging bitch of the fact that being like, I need to go back to our Airbnb and just like decompress. And I felt like this asshole because no one had done anything wrong. Everyone had been beyond pleasant and beyond amazing. It was just my own sense of that. And I didn't do that. And I remember being in the car in the, I don't even know where we were going. We were in a parking lot. We were about to go meet or see somebody else. And I started having a full blown hysterical panic attack. And I finally was like, oh, this, this Megan, this is what you were trying to prevent. And you kept thinking that you were being a bitch, but you know, it's far worse than him thinking that you're being a little difficult for two minutes. This thing right here, which has now turned into this massive ordeal. yeah. And I, I don't think you can put it off. And I think if you can plan yeah. it as much as possible, I think it'll also make you go into every day knowing that you have this little like spot to breathe or a couple of little places to breathe and you have something to look forward to if you're slicing vegetables with some like racist ant being like- <sighs> 15 more minutes 15 oh more minutes god. until I'm gonna go do that thing that's just for me and then you can count down the time and you have something to look forward to so it feels a little less smothering I agree yeah and don't be afraid to say no I think the holiday season, <sighs> everyone thinks it becomes the um, power of no yeah I mean oh god no is my favorite word Um, but just I just
1: make it nah you know yeah, nah, sometimes nah. the power of no sounds too big mm-hmm. it sounds too mean someone goes like hey oh you gonna come with us to go uh, hiking or whatever because we're gonna take pictures of the family and you gotta wear this sweater <laughs> uh, you just, ah, nah
4: Nah, I'm yeah, good. It's
1: a little less harsh. And I will say on the counter side for the moms out there, come on. Sometimes you can just do it for your mom. It's not a big deal. You know, you don't make true. such a big deal about no, it. Sometimes yeah, Give your, your mom the goddamn photo.
4: I say pick your battles, and then also uh, also know that as an adult, especially that uh, you you know your limits and kind of abide by them. And just because it's the month of December it doesn't mean that your uh, stress or sanity is going to has a larger threshold. Oh, we crushed it. This might be our longest episode yet, depending on Uh-oh. when it gets edited. <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh-huh.
0: It's going to be long. <laughs> it's
4: going to be a long one.
1: I'm sorry, not sorry. No. no.
6: <laughs> I, I, I can listen to you talk
4: Me, all the time. We were oh, talking about this, this yeah. when it's before, la- I mean, the last time we were recording, we were just scrolling through Instagram and talking about how you're so nice to listen to mm-hmm. as Thank a human. Thank you. I yeah. enjoy listening to you. I feel like I'm smarter when I talk to you. Like, I feel like I learn things.
1: I feel like you described, you feel opening gifts. I yeah. feel like I don't know how to process that right we now. Can, I'll move but on very I fast. I want you to know that it makes me feel very good. Okay. <laughs> I'm very honored. Thank
4: you. <laughs> we just started talking like cavemen. I am uncomfortable and- uh, <laughs> That is what happens. Yes, the things I do not know
1: how to demonstrate for you that this is meaningful.
4: Compute the emotion word feeling thinks-
1: Discomfort. Uh-huh. A reptile brain feels like maybe I'm going to die, but <laughs> I thank you.
4: Thank you. Okay guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um wh- where can they check you out? On the on the internet?
1: Uh, definitely Instagram me uh, at Jarrett Sleeper. Jarrett underscore sleeper is like probably my most active thing. Um I would check out please check out uh D- uh d20, d20 strength.com. My brothers and I started this it's my brother's passion project, really, and I'm really happy to be, like, doing it with him. It's a supplement company for gamers and nerds. We've been, like, dorks and playing video games our whole lives and our relationship between our physical bodies and, and really for oh. everybody. Like, our first product that I have right now I really love is it. called Reboot. It's to uh, help specifically with blue light insomnia, like staring at screens all day and then, like, not wow. being able to go to sleep at night. So it's, uh, it's to help you go to sleep. Uh, it's got some great, like, you know, valerian and magnesium and uh, <gasps> hemp extract and and then beta carotene different carotenoids for your eyes. Whatever. I'm not oh, gonna go into a whole thing. I'm I just it's it just stuff that we made because it helped us out. Uh, so check that out d20 strength and if you play league of legends which somebody out there has to play league (laughs) of legends me and my brothers are obsessed play this game we started this stupid project for ourselves uh, with d20 called lol wands where we do workouts based on each of the league of legends champions and there's like 140 of them Mm. so it's gonna take us a long time we're doing them (laughs) twice a week but uh, it's kind of fun and silly so check that out I I guess that's it d20 strength and Jared Sleeper. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Love you guys. Amazing. Thank you.
4: Amazing. And um, if you guys enjoyed listening to this episode, we would love if you gave us some nice reviews on the Apple podcast app. And if you listen to this and you were like, hey, I want to get a part of this fun action, then you guys should definitely call and leave voicemails for upcoming episodes. Again, that phone number is 310-694-0976. Yeah. And again, international callers, you can email voice memos to meganpodcast at gmail.com. We would also love to get caller updates. If you guys have called in before and we've discussed your predicaments, I would have. L- I would love to know where things go. I, mean, I want to know
1: how the thing goes with the guy who swallowed his own jizz. Fuck yes. Let us know.
4: So, so bad. I want to know that. There's a lot of things. There's a <laughs> lot of things I want to know about. Um. And yeah we would love to hear from you guys and um, I hope you guys have happy holidays and we'll see you in two weeks
0: happy holidays happy Happy
1: holidays. holidays
4: Blame Me is a production by me, produced and directed by Jack Ferry, associate producer Melissa DeMontz, edited by Melissa DeMontz, post-production sound by Chris Henry, and music by Giacomo Picasso and Ryan Hunter. I will see you guys in two weeks, and don't blame me if your life bursts into flames before then. (laughs)